What's up guys, welcome to today's money. Thank you for listening, I appreciate you being here. If you'd like to watch the video version of this podcast, there's a link for that in the description. And if you wanna jump right into the podcast, skip the next 30 seconds of ad space. What's up everybody, welcome back, I appreciate you being here. We've got another exciting conversation, the man, the myth, I think if you asked him what Avenger he would be, he would always answer Iron Man. Jason Greystone, host of the Trader Vault event coming up in April, host of the Tears of Freedom program, host of the Always Free podcast, bro. He might have a book coming. We're going to talk about that in a second here, everybody. Jason, I appreciate you being here, brother. Always a pleasure, man. Always. You like that intro? Was that pretty good? Iron Man is the guy, right? You would pick Iron Man, right? Yeah, between the Iron Man and the Hulk, I reckon. Yeah, that, but, uh, those are two not, good ones. Too. Not feeling too Hulk-like at the moment. <laughs> no, no, no. But listen, speaking of Hulk-like, I'm going to transition us here to the first plug that I got to throw in today's video. We have the Trader Vault Summit coming up in just about a month, a little bit less than a month away, end of April. First, I got to thank you for including me because I look up to you and everybody else on this panel so much that it's, I'm almost glad that we're not doing this in person. I know you heard me say this to Mike last week because like I'd be freaking out. I would need like three extra shirts. I'd be sweating. I'd be nervous. I'd be so excited to just be around you guys that I don't know if I would even do a good speech. So I'm glad that we're virtual. And I'm also glad that we're virtual because it opens up the door, not only for you to get awesome, uh, a, a bigger panel involved, but it's opened up the door for people all over the world that couldn't even make it to Amsterdam the first time. You know what I mean? So what's been the process of getting this event to actually happen during COVID? Because I want to hear about how you were so resilient in planning this event. Because correct me if I'm wrong, but we were supposed to go last April to Amsterdam. Then we were going October. Then both of those were canceled. And now we're coming back. Third try here. Most people would have given up at one or two, Jason, and you stuck through. So tell us about that process of getting this to actually happen. Yeah, well, I mean, giving up, man, that's just pointless. There's no giving up. But that's look, it. We, we, we did a, a great event in uh, 2018, I think. Yeah. Yep. And um, me and Mike got together. He said he was coming over to London. He said, why don't we do a, an event for the trading community? And I love the idea of this kind of non-biased, non-kind of, you know, no one's selling anything, just some great panelists yeah. delivering some insights, you know, the evening with Q&A type event, sure. really laid back, kind of, it was in an auditorium, almost like a cinema, people in these big seats. I love that, and it was I love just, that. And, and it was a really, really good event. And, and, and immediately I thought, this is probably the best trading event I've ever seen. You know, I, I don't know anything like this. And, uh, I went over to speak at one of Mike's events because they invited me to talk at Traders for a Cause. And when I was over there, he said, look, that event was just incredible. We've got to do it again. Um, why don't we do it somewhere else? And I said, look, let's done London. We'll go midway kind of Europe and we'll collect people from both sides of the planet and, and they, we, can, we can meet in Europe. And uh, the goal was for this event to be kind of like the Avengers of the trading world. Because you, you know this, this industry is just shocking. It's, it's absolutely full of BS. And, uh, you know, I wanted to do, when I set out to do education myself, I just wanted to, I just wanted to partner up with good people. That was it. I just wanted to, you know, there was no competitors to me. The, the decent people know how to trade. The decent people know how to teach trading. And I just wanted to be seen with those guys. And I thought if we can get good people pushing out, the same message near enough, you know, about the fundamentals, the core concepts of trading, then 
we get a big enough following, we make this thing big, and then eventually all of those kind of, you know, it will be laughable. All of those kind of scams and and they'll just dissolve into the into the earth. And um, that was the plan. So I was like, yeah, we've got to do one in uh, in Europe. This is going to be great. We can get more speakers. And uh, we gave Brett Steenberger a call. He's like, are you in? He's like, yeah, I'm in. And he's like, wow, oh, this is amazing. Let's let's see who else we can get. And uh, we planned it for Amsterdam. We picked out this. Uh, my team picked out this great venue. It was so sick. Yeah, the the Postilion Hotel, yeah, really yeah, nice. Yeah. And uh, and we just said, look, let's let's do it. Let's put a video together, promo it. Let's just go for it. And uh, we wanted to work with with people I respect, and uh, you being one of them. I appreciate we, that. We got everyone. We got everyone in, and uh, that was it. It was going ahead, right? And uh, who who knew that COVID would be a thing? <laughs> it's crazy. And, uh, it's crazy. Yeah, it came up, and we thought, oh well, this is this is a bit of a this is a bit of a, a, a showstopper or, or a kind of hurdle, and we had loads of other events as well. I had I had events like around the, the place, and we had a big Christmas gala we were planning. Yep, yep, I remember of, that. Yeah, I mean, I plan out my year in advance. So on Christmas on on Christmas Eve, I start planning the following year, and and this whole calendar was like full by the end of January. I, sure, I knew exactly. Sure. By March, it was like scribbled out. <laughs> right, right. Everything was thrown out the window. You needed a whole new plan. So after yeah. we, when we saw the COVID lockdown starting to take place, you ended up just saying, let's pause right now. I'm going to wait. Let's see what happens. And then you tried to do it again in October. But what happened when you went to do it in October? They were still like, no, 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 can't have people. Yeah, well, we went to do it for October um, and it was all looking good. We came out of lockdown and then obviously there was another second wave. And then it was like... Oh, this is going to be too dodgy. You know, people are going to, people aren't going to want to travel, even if they do open it up. You know, people have got bigger fish to fry right now. They've got other things to think about. So sure, we thought, sure. let's, uh, it's not going to be as enjoyable if everyone's in this situation where, you know, it's a struggle to be there. I, I, right. I wouldn't want people to be there thinking, oh, my business is like, needs me there. So point. Said, Look, this is, this is, um, this is probably not going to happen in October now. We'll do it in April. So we actually postponed it to April again. Uh, but then just we just sort of said, look, we're just going to look and see how it goes. Looking at the news, nothing's predictable. It's now, what? It's now, we're going into April now. Right. And uh, it's still in lockdown here. So yeah. uh, it just wasn't going to happen. So look, there's no point, no point worrying about it. We just thought we don't want to do it online, but we're going to make it special extra special if it does go online so well, one of the things that you've done too like as you've like before we were talking today your production on the back end behind the camera has grown yeah. i feel like in the last just couple of years two years three years for you it's grown more than it ever had previously you've built a team around you now your technology is upgraded to the peak level i feel like so now with all of that infrastructure around you at least you have that to facilitate this event. You have the right team, you have the right resources now where look, if we're gonna do it online, it's gonna be the best damn online event of the year by far. And I definitely agree with you that it's very tough in this industry to not only find one resource, but to see an event where you can have every single trader on the panel have a resume that you can go fact check and back, you know, look back on and see, is this person legit or not? Some of them, of course, way longer than people like me, but that's the point. I think if you wanted, you wanted a variety of people, but either way, start to finish, these are verified traders that you can look to for consistent 
education on any aspect. Like I can't tell you how many of the guys on your panel, I don't trade the same market with them, but I've learned something from them. It's crazy. I don't trade the same way as any of them. And I've learned something from all of them. So I feel like for everyone listening, if you're not signed up for the Trader Vault event and you're interested, we're going to put the link down in the description so that way you guys can be there for this virtual event. What's the timeline of that day, Jason? Can you just run us through like how it's going to look on that day? Yeah, it's going to kick off around, uh, I think it's kicking off at 4 p.m. over here. So it's like late morning, early afternoon, you're, you're in. Yep, yep. And um, we're going to be going for about four to five hours, uh, a ram-packed event full of, um, we're going to be going around different topics. So I'm going to host and, um, what do you call it? Um, you're like the MC. Yeah, kind of, kind of like Master that. Master of Ceremonies. Gonna, yeah, I'm going to be sharing my uh, my insights as well, but we're going to be doing topical discussions. Then we're going to sure. do kind of specialist areas. So, for instance, my friend Siam Kid, he's he's an expert in crypto. You know, he'll he'll do something on crypto. Mike do something on systems. Brett Steenbarger do something on psychology. Yeah, and there's going to be kind of uh, topical discussions and insight by each of the speakers. And then we're going to be talking about. We're going to be doing Q and A with the audience. We're going to be interactive polls and things like that. So it's really going to be interactive. It's not going to be another Zoom call, you know. Well, that's what I was going to say. It's, it's going not be... like I just sit there and watch. I'm going to be the people like that are going to be on the audience. They're actually going to be able to interact the whole time, right? It's going to be like I said, not just a typical Zoom call. Yeah, no, multi, multi. It's going to be multi-cam produced. This end, you know, there's going to be images and polls and comments. All of the comments are going to be fed into the stream. There's going to I be, um, as I say, interactive polls, so people can vote live and things like that. And it's just going to give the give the event as much of a human feel as possible until we can meet next year when we run it in. A secret location, <laughs> New York. <laughs> well, listen, before we get into next year's event, I want to know two things. Do we have any like last minute surprise guests potentially for this event coming up in April? Yeah, no, I can't, can't, I'm not na- naming names, but yeah, there's, there's all right, more people. I won't put, but at least now we got it out of you that we got something to look forward to, some <laughs> little surprise in there. Now, who are you most looking forward to? I want to know and be honest because I know you love everybody and it's just an amazing panel. I know that, but who are you most looking forward to hearing from? I'll be honest with you. Um, I always love hearing from Brett Steenberger. I, uh, whenever I hear that guy speak, it's just sense, <laughs> you know, when, yep. when someone speaks and it's pure sense coming out and, and you just, you know, you just can't argue with anything like no. that they say. It's just, no. this is great. And it's real value as well, because as you know, trading is, any investing uh, is heavily based around having a, a good foundation. Yeah. Psychology, yeah, mental. Yeah. mental uh, I, yeah, had a, so. uh, I had a chance to meet him. I don't know if you ever knew this. I met him with like 12 other people at a money show in Philadelphia like three years ago. It was amazing. I'm like, wait a minute. This isn't in some big auditorium. This isn't like I have to pay a ton of money to see this. Literally, I think it was either free or $20. Me and Riley went, met him and his wife. It was awesome. So I'm looking forward to hearing him as well. Always, I follow his blog. I know most traders who are listening to this probably follow his blog. He's just one of those guys, like you said, a staple in the industry. Was anybody on the panel like a motivator for you when you were starting your other businesses like the tears of freedom program or when you were starting the always free podcast who was a big motivator for you as you transitioned from the trading business to like branching out into not just wealth building but i think like wealth education we could call it 
Yeah, um, I came from a from a from a business standpoint first. I built a I built a business before I got into trading. So, um, so you already kind of wet your beak was already wet from that side. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I I've been an entrepreneur since I was yeah since I left school pretty much. I remember uh, the car the the car wash story from the first video. Car wash story opened my eyes to money, but the, the thing when I left school, I basically just went straight into a company, worked right up to the top of that company started up my own version of that company when I was 21 and then, you know, built that up um, to, to a decent size. And then that was all part of the plan to kind of um, become financially free. And that's when I got into trading in the later stages. I've always been entrepreneurial. I've always um, had business and startups and, uh, you know, kind of investing in that, that arena um even through everything i've ever been doing i'm an angel investor you know i invested in two startup businesses That's last awesome. year last year one year before um so i've always been into business always been into business and i think the the edge when it came to education in trading i think the edge for me became business it, it was like trading is a business and that was you knew how to run a business already you weren't looking at trading like yeah. a hobby or like a gamble you already knew that i need a plan i need i'm going to take losses you already knew these things from your other experience in these other in the other industry yeah and and also when you want to learn to trade a lot of people say look i want freedom i want financial freedom or i want to of course. i want to be able to you know spend more time at home and all that well guess what 2020 you got that you, you know, got and, that and, you're and, damn right is it better now? Well, no. Why not? Because I'm not financially free. Why aren't you financially free? So, so there's much more to it, you know, and delegation was a massive, one of my biggest skills in business was delegation. It was getting rid of things so that I could be free. And that, that was so that I could, you know, manage my finances better. I could, I could but just But it's because you always understood that time is the currency not money. Um, money is the, the fuel. Money is the tool. Time is the currency. You always wanted to control that time. So always with the program that you've developed with let's move into i guess would you call this your main focus is tears of freedom your main focus every day is that where most hours of your day go towards would you say uh, i would say most hours of my day go towards my my purpose of building wealth and you know creating freedom for myself so wh whether that's in my trading or my uh, every day is a little different yeah or with tears of freedom but really the tears of freedom program came from under working with traders and then going you need to know, you need to be better at business. Uh, and as I said, when I was in Las Vegas, I was talking to that guy who was earning seven figures, had no money at the end of every month. And then right. I was working with a YouTuber, you know, 250 grand a month in ad rev he was getting. He had no money and he had a massive tax bill. And I'm like, well, you know, we need to, we need to, you need to be able to manage your finances. Hold on. Wait, you got to say that again. 250K a month from YouTube and he had yeah. a tax bill and had no money. So when you look yeah, at that like, from your like, perspective, followers wow that's amazing and how old was he he's now 24 super young so when you look at that do you because remember we were talking before like do his poor money habits do you think come from lack of education as a young person or do you think it's lack of care and lack of foresight for his own planning yeah no he, he's definitely um there's two different types of people i think whatever you value most comes from a void or something you thought was missing when you was growing up and and what happens usually what happens usually is whatever you perceive that void to be you either you either 
do the same as what they done. Like, like you say, oh, well, we never had money and my parents were arguing and all this kind of stuff. So you hate money. Or you take the other side and you become completely opposite. And it's like, right, I value that because I never had it. And right. then with that comes more challenges. So like you take the 50 cent and people like that, you know, they come into money and then they're like, oh, I've never had all this stuff. So now I'm going to blow it all, you know? And they're like, well, I, spent, you know, I want to buy this house, that house. And before you know it, they're bankrupt. So it, it's, it's like this balancing act between scaling your lifestyle um, delaying gratification a little bit, but Matt, but properly paying yourself first. And that means right. growing something, you know, grow, not, not deflating something. And right. you, it's very hard to determine sometimes whether they've got this thing in their mind where they just want to get rid of everything that they accumulate, like lottery winners, you know, that, sure. and that's down sure. to like self-worth, right? Where you just right. don't feel worthy of it. Like, I just yeah. need to get, they've spent it before they've even got the ticket. Um, or there's the people that just haven't got a clue, you know, they're not tracking anything. There's no, there's no balance sheet and income statement and cash flow statement. And they just don't know how it all fits together. So they're like, Oh, well, all this business money is, is mine and I can just spend it. And no, that makes, that, I mean, listen, I know business owners that do exactly that. I feel like if you asked me out of all those different types of business owners that are educated to a different degree on money, I feel like more people, at least that I've experienced are in that boat. What would you say? Like, where do you find that most business owners are? Is it complete lack of education, lack of tracking, like not paying attention, or is it the lack of, I can see a future I can build to something and I want to do that? Time horizon. Yeah, I, 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 yeah, time horizons is a massive, massive thing when it comes. It's hard to, to overcome, right? It's hard to overcome, and it, and it really comes from um, just, just really giving yourself permission to do what you want to do. And this is kind of my whole message. But it's, it's when you've got a big, big vision, and you know, and you're doing things that are just aligned to your true values. You don't really you don't get pulled off course because right. it's just, you know, Elon Musk, he's thinking about interstellar travel, right? Someone bitching about him on Twitter is not going to bother him. You know, right. it's, it's, you know what but is even that? in the same sense, I feel like he's not concerned. Like you, if you gave someone as much money as he has, they would go out and buy a Lamborghini. They'd buy all these things. They'd buy all these, and he's not buying anything. He sold all of his stuff. He's like, I'll, I'll sell everything. He he's doing everything he can to show people he's aligned with that bigger mission. Absolutely. Absolutely. But going back to your question, most of the yeah. business owners that I work with um, are entrepreneurs. And what I yeah. find with entrepreneurs is they, they don't want to know about the money. They do it for the money in the, in the, like they, they kind of start a business to generate some more money, but they don't really have an interest in getting to grips with money. They just want to, they love the, the stress and that they want to make something and go and break it and try and sell it. And, you know, they love all that, but they, they forget about the money and then what happens is they find themselves burning out a little bit so they think oh no sod it i'm going to treat myself i've, I've earned this money you know and they they kind of go and uh, blow 50 percent of the capital in the trade in the business account and um they can't afford to delegate then they can't afford because they they can't have that delayed gratification because they've spent the money they can't afford the staff that they need that are going to really help them grow they're so not reinvesting they're in back time. into the business no, and they find themselves in this kind of murky water where they they need someone else, but they can't afford someone else, but they mm. can't afford to 
you know, and they're just- Then they don't want to give up what they've already gained in that lifestyle by spending the money. So then they'd have to give up lifestyle to spend more on the business, to grow the business, to make more money overall, to enhance the lifestyle. But because they made the right or the wrong choices somewhere along the line there, they're like in a death spiral. They're in a circle that's never going to get bigger, right? It's a hamster wheel. It's a hamster uh, wheel. That's exactly it. It's, It's a perfect- it's a hamster wheel. And then something like, this is why I think COVID was such a, such a, a good thing for many business owners, right? Because it, it gave them a taste of what real financial freedom is. Yeah. It made everyone get rid of all their expenses, you know, because there was no one to show off to. There was no keeping right. up with the Joneses. Nope. No one cares what car you've got. It's in your garage. Right. <laughs> and, then there was, and then there was, uh, and then there was like the ability to get up and choose how you spend your day a bit more, you know, and you're at home a bit more. And uh, you was receiving passive income in the form of furlough or a right. stimulus check, sure. which meant you could get up and even though you might have been employed, you could still like do what you want to do first. And that's what right. freedom's about, it's choice. Right. So they really experienced real financial freedom. And I think the taste of that has made people think, wow, you know, I don't want to go back to what was I doing sitting in a shop for five days a week when I really could have only been there for like three hours a week and still kept the business going. I was just going there out of habit. Sure. And, uh, so what do you think that does for the workforce then? What do you think that does for the psychological aspect of the, of the average worker going forward? I think it shifts people's mindset into thinking about time a bit more, which is a good thing. You know, Definitely it shifts people into the leverage of, of being sensible or how you, how you use your time. Because, sure. you know, if, if, if you was at home scrolling social, it's like Parkinson's law, right? You get eight hours to do a job. You'll take eight hours to do the job. But if you get, if you're at home and playing football with the kids and you're doing scrolling social and you've got to do your same eight hour job, you'll get it done in two hours. You'll get it done in two hours because you're like, well, I wanted to do that more. I know I can do that right. in two hours. So you fill your time with how much time you've got. So when we were put into kind of lockdown, everyone became aware of just how much time they had. You know, wow, what was I doing all this time in the office? Right. What, what was I doing? It's only 11 o'clock, I'm on my third lunch. Right. <laughs> it kind of shrinks time and space when you're locked yeah. in your house. And, it does. and it's like, wow, you know, you're so much more aware of your time. And it's interesting too. I don't know what the stats are in the UK, not that we need to go too far down this topic, but here, at least in the States, not just millennials, people my age, but even people your age, everyone reported weight gain from COVID lockdown. So your third lunch thing is not a joke. Most people, there was like a 40, 40 something, so not most, slightly less than the majority reported unwanted weight gain from COVID-19. So while the, we all got that taste of freedom, some of those tastes of freedom, like eating whenever you want, were actually indulged upon a little bit too much by some people, which is just another interesting side effect of COVID. But back to the idea of it showing everyone freedom and giving everybody a taste of what it's like to control their time. Here's a question for you out of everybody that you've coached and now knowing that, that we've lived through that and we've seen that and we've seen how people handle that. Like I just said, some people got fat. Some people take their fitness even more seriously. We're seeing all of that. Does it prove even more that not everyone is built to be a business owner and not everybody is built to be an entrepreneur? Is that what you're seeing? Yeah, I, I think you can be, I think you can be taught to be entrepreneurial. And I think that you can, I think you can, uh, you can develop skills and you can develop a, an appetite for risk to a degree, but 
there's always going to be certain people, there's going to be people that watch every video and listen to every podcast and read every book. And then there's going to be the ones that read it and actually do something with what they've learned. And that is having, that is taking risk. That's taking calculated risk. And I think people's appetite for risk is something that comes from, this is why I teach what I teach. We have to survive right so the way we survive is with cash that's it right cash is the only thing we need to survive because we have to pay for everything we need from a survival instinct with cash we have to have shelter with cash we have to have food and we have to have water and we have to have comfort you know we have to have warmth that all costs money so your app your level your appetite for risk actually unlocks the more prosperous you are. In other words, if you've got some savings in the account and you've got some- You're willing to take more risk. You're going to unlock risk. Your mind will work differently. Yeah. And and also going back to what we said earlier, having that bigger goal, that bigger mission, that, that helps as well because it's like, well, what's the worst that can happen? You know, I'm just on, I'm just going after that. So- having that is, is going to help you as well. But I don't think everyone can be a business owner um, yeah. where they're at at the moment. I, I just don't think that it's for everyone. Um, yeah. Cause look, I, everybody I sees the good stuff. You know what I'm saying? But I know that's what we're getting down to. There's a lot of hard times as a business owner too, that you'll face that you have to be able to deal with. And I think like you said, as much as you can learn the skills and practice the skills, that doesn't mean you're going to perform to the level that needs to be performed in the active <sighs> day to day i think there's a muscle there that can be worked like when i started a business at 21 by the time i was 23 my stress level was so high for such a long period of time that that then just became normal so now like i don't get road rate there's nothing that anyone can do to to interesting yeah 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 because i'm conditioning yeah i put myself under so much stress for so long that it just then became, oh, what else could go wrong? You know, someone else, they'd ring me up, this client's going to sue you. We've done lost all this money. And I'm like, right, what can we do about that? You know, and that's the attitude. What can we do? Not, oh, why is this happening to me? I'm going to crawl away and die. It's like, well, what can we do to get around that? You know, it's only It shows your character, man. It shows your resiliency, just like we talked about at the beginning, the resiliency to stay with it, plan the event. You know what I mean? It just shows, I think, a deep character in you. But also, I think, like you said, as you go through more experience in life, you get better at handling those situations. There was something else I wanted to ask you tied into perseverance and resilience. I just was looking at your uh, reviews on just Apple podcast for your show always free everybody should check that out i'll put the link in the description for that as well 300 reviews that's not easy so i want to know is it resilience that allowed you to just follow up with people that were listening to the show and ask them for reviews was that where this has come from or what are you doing like how who are you paying to get all these reviews i know you're not i'm being funny but what like what do you think is the secret to that because people would die to have a podcast with that many reviews you know what i mean like especially in the short amount of time that your show has been on just a few years so what do you think has been the secret to that to getting so many customers that are engaged and willing to leave you positive reviews five stars every time yeah well man let me say first of all i was blown away when we launched that podcast it went to number one uh you know we knocked so, Gary i remember v. that i saw it on your story it was crazy instantly yeah i wasn't expecting that i was that was a that was 
gobsmacked to me. I, I, on the Saturday morning, I woke up and I was like, well, this "That's is awesome! Mad. That's awesome!" And um, I knew I was onto something. Like the way that I was, what when I when I was developing the Tears of Freedom program, that kind of came out of just being surrounded by a lot of entrepreneurs. I was I've always spent a lot of money or an allocation of my money on self development. So that included mm-hmm. accelerator programs, networking yep. events, yep. and that kind of stuff. And um, when what I realized is when I was around those people and I realized that people didn't really have a clue when it came to money, even though they were had some fantastic businesses, I, I realized that I had a skill for explaining complex strategies easily and, and making people understand it. And it clicked. And I thought, wow, that, you know, they've, they've really got that. And uh, they were like, and there was one time when I was talking to the taxi driver and you could see his face. He was like, like 50 years old or whatever, never, ever. It's like you blew his mind, bro. It's crazy. You like, you showed him a whole new world in three sentences or something. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And he was like, wow. So I realized that actually I'm, I'm quite good at uh, uh, simplifying translating. things, translating and yeah, simplifying. Sim- yeah. yeah. Through like, through like little stories and fables and maybe some experience, like- your experience, you being resilient, your experience created those lessons. Yeah, absolutely. And I, and I would use stories like, you know, the millionaire and the paper boy and all this kind of stuff. Yep. And people would just, wow, I totally get it. And people started saying, I've never heard stuff like this. And, and that's when we did the podcast. Anyway, it went to number one and I thought, yeah. this is definitely, yeah. you know, this is definitely a good message. So from there, we just kept putting the podcast out. Um, we don't ask, like, we don't pay anyone. Uh, we don't, no, I've no, never no. ever paid an ad. You know, we've never ever paid for a Facebook. I ne- there's ad. never ads. It's always just other people reposting your thing. That's what I. That's what yeah. got me onto it because everybody was reposting it. You know what I mean? It's not ever you saying go look at. No, you do. Sometimes you have cool graphics. And it's like swipe up for. But 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 most of the time, I'm seeing testimonials or reviews, especially when you first put it out. It blew me away how many reviews you got off the jump. You know what I mean? So deeper. What do you think? What are you doing it? Like, you know what I mean? What are you doing in those episodes? You think that's creating that retention from your customer, from your client, from that person that's listening? Because, bro, I know you've got a deep, sexy voice, but I don't know if it's just that. You know what I'm saying? I don't know. I have a very annoying, nasally voice. But look, this is, this, is, this is what I believe. I believe if you can really talk to someone, you know, really profile someone and do a good job of speaking to that person, um, what I find too much these days is everyone trying to keep everyone happy, especially today. You know, oh, we can't say that, can't say that, no, sod that. I'm talking to a specific person here and I want to get a result for that person. I know that it's not going to be for everyone, but I know the people that do listen and then they, they contact me, you know, a month later and say, I just binged episodes one to 20. I know that it's right for that person and I know that they're going to get a result and they're going to leave me a review. So being very polarizing in your approach to your content, I think is, is absolutely key and then obviously having some good information that is going to get someone from a to b you know that don't i'm a massive tactics no fluff look just give everything away honestly because your best stuff the gary v approach yeah yeah just give everything away i'm a massive fan of that a massive believer in that and Mm -hmm. like with the tears of freedom program for instance people can't find that you know and there's no website for it. There's no ad for it. There's no sales for it. It's invitation only for a Facebook group that has a thousand people on the waiting list at any one time. They're lucky if they get in. And if they message me and say, 
how can I work with you? I say, go and listen to my podcast. Start at episode one. And, and that's that me. That's the I truest. That's what I always say too. Same thing. Cause that's what I'm going to tell you. That's my best advice. Yeah. And also if you're still here, episode 30, and then you message me back, then I know it's right for you. And then I know I can get you a good result. I don't think there's enough of that in financial services or trading or investing because there's too many people telling everyone that anyone can do it and it's easy and all this crap. Actually, cool. you're going to get negative reviews if you do that because it's not for everyone. Right. If you tell people the truth and then by the time that they're ready, then they come on board and the only way they can fail is if they give up, right? Then the chances are they're going to get some decent results from you and they are going to sing your praises because they got what they came for. Quick question. No, you're 100% right. Quick question on one thing you said, though. No, it, it seems yeah. obvious, but it's hard to put into practice for a lot of business owners and a lot of people trying yeah. to build a community like yourself. So when you say be polarizing, and I've heard that many times, and I do focus on that as one thing that even I'm trying to do as I build my brand. So I know there's people listening that are doing the same. How do you be polarizing? Give me a short answer on this one because I don't want to go too deep, but how do you be polarizing but not offensive? Okay, so for, just first quickly, that, that comment you made about business owners struggling yeah. with it, again, that yeah. comes down to not having a cash cushion. You know, it's, it's basically it trying is. to get sales. You know, I need to get the sales. I'll take anyone, anyone, you know, I'll take you're, anyone. And I, we only can say, you can only say that, and I can only 100% feel what you're saying because we both have been there. I'm sure you have been there, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah I would, totally. So I, I know what that feeling is. I know what that is, chasing the next check. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Totally. And, and if you don't need that, then you've got the power to go, we I'm call it survival select. mode versus that freedom yeah. mode, you know, getting out of survival mode. That's what me and Riley call it. And, and I think that's what gives you power when you start a business, if you've got that, because you yeah. can then choose your clients. You know, you're exactly fire clients, but think about how many yeah. business owners don't even have an operating cash flow. Like they don't keep set cash on the side just for down months, for slow periods, for emergencies. Like, just like they always tell you when you're being a kid, three to six months of savings saved up before you do anything, you know, have your emergency fund when you get older. Your business should have that too. You need operating cash flow. But so many people that I know, they don't run their business that yeah. way. It, and look, for anyone listening, man, I, I don't want to feel like we're just going, oh, I can't believe No, 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 people. of course. No, like, no, no. It's, it's, I'm just saying, like, it's very common. And if you are doing that, you just, just let this be just a wake up to you to go, I haven't got my shit together. I need to actually figure that out, you know, because yeah. you're not the only one. Right. So going back to your, uh, Offensive your question, question. Polarization. <laughs> polarization, uh, really for me, it's about, um, I first of all, just figure out who I'm talking to. Right. And then I figure out what problems they've got, what their pain points are, and what they are dreaming of, what their fantasies are, right? And then you once, you, once you've got those and you're really clear about those, and I take a long time to write down what those are and get in the, get in the, the mindset of that person. And it's usually you 10 years ago or you 20 years ago, right? But, but a little bit different because times have changed sure. and the dynamics have changed. So there's some added complexity. But when you get really clear about that, you talk and people feel like you're talking to them right? because it's like everything goes black and they're looking at the screen thinking, is this guy recording this video for me? Like, is, is this, and when you can do that, when you can connect on that level and, and it's like, they feel like you're talking to them, that's polarized. You, you are in a polarized state. And there's many ways of doing that. Obviously 
uh, one thing, one way to do that is just by confirming suspicions. Like, so when someone is, when like one, a big one of mine is the pension, right? So I talk about the pension and when you get to 65, you've got 12 years left to live and you've got to hope that you drag that money out for like 12 years. Yep. People in the back of their head are doing a pension, but they've always had a suspicion that it's not the whole ticket. And they're like, oh, I'm doing this pension, but I don't, because they don't do the numbers. So they've got this sneaky suspicion. When you come along and you go, look, I've done this research. I've backed it up with this. This is the maths. These are the numbers. Boom. A pension is not the full answer. They're like, wow, completely polarized because it's like this guy is looking out for me. You know, this guy's so got my best right there you gave two really good examples of how to be polarizing without being offensive you didn't even you don't have to state because i feel like a lot of people no a lot of people will hear that you want to be polarizing and they'll be like okay so i should go on twitter and tell everybody i love trump and it's like no 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 no. that's not what we're saying you can do that by speaking directly to the person on the other end of that like you said your target audience speak directly to them touching on pain points touching on the things subconsciously that they might not even realize are digging at them you know what i mean and the only way you can know that i think like you said is being there 10 years ago five for me not 10 years five years ago yeah clear about their pains clear about their fantasies and dreams and then you're halfway there um i don't ever believe that you can like you don't need to go and be offensive to be polarizing um but you don't have to keep everyone happy. And there's, there is a difference. There's a difference. Sure. I, don't, I don't like, I don't really believe in being offensive. I don't think that you can be offensive. I don't think it's a male thing. I think it's a female injective thing. Uh, you can only be offended if, if something's pushing your buttons, right? Like I could, I could, um, I could have, uh, I could be in a room of traders and two of them have just had a massive drawdown. And two of them have just had the best week of their life. And I could be talking about losses. Them two are going to be triggered and them two are going to be going, <laughs> yeah, you know, there's no. And then the next week, they might be offended by me talking about losses because they've had a yep. They'll yeah, be... yeah. So you can only be offended. You can't, no one can give offense. It's not, it's no, not it's possible. So well said. Have you ever read the book, The Four Agreements by Don Miguel Ruiz? No. You should. It's a short little book. I promise you it's right up your mindset, Ali. You'll love it. And he talks about these four rules that you should really live your life by. And I put them into my business and my trading and it's made such a difference for me. And one of them is don't take anything too personally. Another one is don't make assumptions. And both of those go very hand in hand with what you were just saying. And I think if you can, I mean, think about that on a level with your partner, on a level with the people you work with in your business, on a level with you and your trading decisions. Don't take things personally. Don't take losses personally. I mean, it translates into so many lessons. Everybody should check out that book. I don't even read. Listen, Jason, I don't even read. I promise. I do audiobooks more, but I had to read that book. It was so short, highlighted the right. shit out of it. It was a great book. I'll check it. I'll check it out. But but look, look the thing yeah. is this you can only be offended if something if, if you aren't owning something about yourself, if you don't love something about yourself. So like exactly. whatever you're triggered about, like if if my son, my youngest son, he's like I don't know, eight stones soaking wet. He's skinny and gangly. And if I called him fat, he wouldn't care. But right. if I called a kid fat who, who wasn't happy about being fat, they He'd would be, be offended. offended. Exactly. Yeah. No, exactly. So one, one more direction I want to go with us here. I feel like you have such experience, not just that you share with me in these videos, but just in the conversations that you put out on your Instagram story and in the content that you create for YouTube and in the podcast I know we've kind of talked about this, but tell me, is there plans on a book? Is there plans on where someone could go that studied you or seen you and wants real? Like, I want to sit down and consume six hours of Jason. Is that coming? 
Yeah, so look, in 2018, I wrote two books. and Well, I wrote a book, and it was huge. And it was about everything that I know to do with wealth creation. Uh, and then I realized it needed to be two books. So uh, last year, I split it into two. Uh, it was supposed to be published in December 2020. Because of everything that went on, it's been going on and on and on. Uh, it finally went to the publisher. The first book came back to me, actually went back to them today. So very, very soon, always free. The book will be available uh, on Amazon. And, I can't uh, wait. I'll be why two books? Explain to us real quick why two books. And you said only the first part yeah. is coming out now. They're not going to come out together. They're going to come out at separate times. Yeah. So the first book is called Always Free and it's about wealth creation, financial freedom, um, you know, all of the core concepts, all of the, the, the bigger picture stuff to do with big, being always free, all of the always free principles in the sure. book. It's sure. going to be a real legacy book, uh, you know, I hope. Uh, oh, absolutely. I, really, I, I definitely think it will be. I hope it's well received. And then the second book is purely a trading book, a technical trading book. So cool. Um, I awesome. felt it needed to be two because it was two different. Um, you're going to listen, you're going to make such a deeper impact by separating it because you're going to be able to get that first book to the people that don't trade at all. And that audience, like, you know, is way bigger than the people who trade. And I feel like you're going to be able to then come back and sell the trading audience, both books. Yeah. Every trader is going to buy both. So I think it's going to be yeah, a win-win yeah. for you. Yeah. They both kind of cross reference each other. So, uh, but the trading book won't be, won't be ready till later in the year. What are you putting in the trading book? Actual tactics, charts, strategy? Yeah. Literally everything I've learned about trading consistently cool. profitable. So everything awesome. from, yeah, mindset, how, psychology, business. How will that book be available? Hard copy only? Hard copy, audible. Um, so when you launch on Amazon, um, it's never a good idea to have the audible at the same time because they don't include the audible downloads as a sale. So if you're trying to get to the number hmm. one spot, you want to be delaying that audible version. Good to know. That's a, that's a little for people listening that are like, maybe one day I'll write a book. There's something again, Jason sharing his experience. I love it. Um, no, man, this has been a great conversation as we're coming to the close here with the trader vault summit coming up with the book coming here in the next couple of months, hopefully, is there anything else that we should be looking out for from you? Yeah. So one of the things, uh, as you mentioned earlier with the upgrade of all the equipment and everything we're doing here, uh, we've turned the podcast into a bit of a show. So there's going to be a live stream show that goes out. It's going to be very topical, very, uh, kind of chat show style, um, with interaction. So it's going to be streamed on all platforms, comments, interactive chat, um, you know, topical events, love that. Uh, current affairs, things like that, but everything to do with kind personal of finance. finance. Yeah. Yeah. Keeping it finance. Kind of like, are you, are you familiar with Patrick bet David and value tainment similar to like what he's doing with his podcast where they went into like a live stream show, topical related news related. I've seen a couple of those. I've been following Pat since he was like, you know, I've, I've been following Pat since he had like 30,000 subs. I bet. Uh, I bet. A few times. Uh, but yeah, I know but I saw that picture of you with him, bro. I actually know what you're talking about. That picture of you with him when he's got a shaved head, he looks so young in that yeah, picture. Yeah. He doesn't look like that anymore. <laughs> <laughs> he's a good guy. He's really good. But is your yeah, show going to be him. kind of similar to that? Yeah, quite similar. I'm going to be sitting on the couch a bit more. Um, not, you know, I won't be, it's not formal. I'm going to be sitting on the sofa, you know, relaxed cool. in my, in my office. I like that. It's just going to be just you by yourself. Right. Or are you doing a co-host? Yeah, we'll do, a, we'll do guests and guest discussions. So if you're ever in the UK, mate, definitely come on. And, oh, absolutely. Uh, but it, mainly me for the foreseeable, just because of the 
COVID the situation and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Awesome. It'd be cool to get some people on the sofa, definitely. One day soon, hopefully. As long as they don't require me to take a vaccine passport to get over to you, I'll be there, I promise. Otherwise, I'm going to have to buy my way over there. But listen, man, this has been another amazing conversation. I know everybody – yeah, I could swim too. <laughs> I know everybody who's listening will always find value, not just from our conversations, but in all the content that you create. And I always thank you for being a mentor and a guide that I can always look to for some valuable insights. And I really appreciate everything that you do, man. And I'm not just saying that. So – Listen, everybody watching, please take a second, go to the description, sign up for the Trader Vault event if you aren't already signed up. Yeah. And then make sure you just go subscribe. Jason's on Instagram. Don't sign up to like one of these scam accounts, me and him both. Like it's just you and me, bro. We get the most scam accounts. It's freaking ridiculous. But follow him on Twitter, follow him on Instagram. Make sure you guys are following along with this because I think Jason is one of these guys. I'm telling you, you might be next to blow up, Jason. Like I know you're already kind of popping, but I think there's a lot more room for growth for you on the upside of this, bro. I when you cross a million subs on YouTube, we'll we'll have to have a big party. We'll do a live stream party. Definitely. Definitely. Awesome. Thank you <laughs> again, pleasure. brother. I appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely, brother. Thanks, everybody. We'll see you guys in the next video. Thank you for listening to Today's Money. If you want to check out the video that goes along with this episode, there's a link in the show notes. Now, make sure you subscribe on whatever platform you're listening to so you don't miss any future episodes. And if there's anything that I can do to help you along your trading journey, please reach out to me. My contact info is in the description as well. Thank you very much, and I'll see you in the next episode.